This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. Good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today we have the latest crop report with harvest advancing due to hot, dry weather, although there was some scattered showers this past week. The use of drones for field spraying and other uses is becoming more of a reality. Real Agriculture talks about research on ergot. We have a look at the oats market, and we have the latest Manitoba crop report. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. And Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. Saskatchewan Harvest is moving ahead with 7% of the crop in the bin, up from 3% last week and the average of 1% for this date. Provincial Crops Extension Specialist Matt Struthers says there was some moisture relief from drought conditions, but it is still very dry. Producers have made great headway this week. Uh, Over this past week with harvest, we're sitting at 7% of the crop now combined with another 6% ready to straight combine. Um, That's well ahead of our five-year average of 1% combine and 2% uh, ready to straight combine. So yeah, you know, just that hot, dry weather has allowed farmers to get out there and harvest quite quickly without any delays. What's the progress by crop and by region? So 54% of winter wheat, 51% of fall rye, 37% of field pea, and 29% of lentils are now in the bin. And the most advanced areas in the province are, you know, of course, the south portion and west central regions. So 12% of the crop is in in the uh, southwest, 8% is in um, in the southeast, and then 7% of the crop in the south uh, west central, sorry, um, is now combined. And then, of course, you know, the east central and, and northwest and northeast will will catch up eventually. But you know, there's a south and south and west region always start a little earlier. What kind of moisture did we have this past week? You know, there's moisture throughout most of the province, except for the uh, west central region. They definitely received the least amount. Some areas got up to, uh, the Lipton area got up to 37 millimeters, and other areas like uh, Rhine with 32, uh, and then all the way down to Indian Head got 24 mils. And there's a lot of other places that got 2 mils or 3 mils or 4 mils. That's not going to do a whole lot, except for delay producers from harvesting for maybe a maybe a day. But the impact of the uh, heavier rainfall? Well, the heavier rainfall will certainly maybe help some later seeded crops fill that last little bit of seed, but we're kind of getting to that point in the season where, where that's a pretty slim chance. But the biggest benefit will be to pasture land and hay land that has definitely struggled, you know, under the pressure of cattle feeding on it, and then also just with the dry, dry hot conditions. So that'll definitely benefit those grasslands to come back. What's the topsoil moisture rating? It's slightly ticked up this week, just with the, the rainfall we had. I think people are feeling a little bit optimistic. But cropland topsoil moisture is rated as 6% adequate, 32% short, and 62% very short. Hay and pasture land is rated as 5% adequate, 28% short, and 67% very short. So it came up a little bit, but nothing that's going to change anything drastically. What were the main causes of crop loss this past week? 
some big windstorms, so that's going to lodge some crops and, and make it harder to, to harvest. And so hopefully there wasn't too much damage. And then, of course, you know, drought stress has been here all season long. Same with heat. And then, you know, gophers and grasshoppers are still causing quite a bit of damage to anything that's green and, and that they want to feed on. And then now we've had flea beetles reemerge in their second life cycle now on canola fields, and there's quite a bit of pod damage. So hopefully producers can harvest their canola quickly and, and get that crop out of there. And how are hay yields? Hay yields are, are quite a bit below average for this year. Most for dryland farm or dryland hay fields are coming in at less than a ton per acre. You know, for alfalfa, it's coming in at 0.8 tons per acre, 0.6 for, for other tame hay. But for green feed, it's coming in at a ton per acre. So that's good to see. That number is likely a little higher just because of the annual crops that were cut for green feed this year due to the SCIC's low threshold bump there. So a couple guys got out there, or you know, quite a few guys got out there and, and cut fields for green feed, and that's why that number's a little bit higher. Uh, and then, of course, irrigated hay yields are quite a bit higher than dry land, but certainly lower than they should be. Provincial Crops Extension Specialist Matt Struthers compiles the weekly crop report for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch Eavestroffs. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavestroffs.ca And Farmtronics in Regina, your farm electronics specialists. From moisture testers to security cameras, keeping your farm running productively and efficiently since 1977. 380 Henderson Drive. Tuesday marked the first day of AgSmart at Olds College in Alberta. It was busy as hundreds of farmers were checking out the latest in agriculture technology. Part of that included drones. Reporter Dean Thorpe spoke to Daryl Larson with Terra XL Drones about changing technology in drones. But it's the actual platform, the softwares and everything that support that for it to actually make it usable and practical in the field. These are just tools like in the precision ag spectrum. These are the smart hammers that it's in the middle of it to deliver that chemical or fertilizer or herbicide, whatever it is. But it's that entire umbrella from terrain mapping to crop monitoring, prescription mapping, application, yield, bottom line. How much training does a producer need in order to properly use one of these? I know I know your colleague had mentioned something about people buy these, they take them out, get great shots of the farmyard and, and maybe at the lake fishing, but very little else than that. Well, there is, we do have a regime, there's a regulatory, regulatory regime in Canada, and Transport Canada, there's advanced and there's basic licensing. Um, that's a critical element for anything under the under, under 25 kg line. Um, once you get into these, these now are a part of a, of a higher demand in terms of regulation, special flight operations and certificates of that nature. Applicators, if you're not doing your own land, you're going to have to have, to have an applicator license, PMR regulations. Like it's, it's quite, the regulatory regime in Canada is quite structured. Yeah. So you need to understand that. That might be the biggest hurdle for people just to enter it. Easiest things in the world to fly. They really, truly are. You can fly a Mini. You can fly one of these. It's just like you compared it one time, driving a Volkswagen to the big Cadillac. Just that much more. Well, tell me about some of these, because you've got sprayers attached to some of the bigger units here. You didn't fly them for obvious reasons, so you need special permission to do that. But 
you're talking about using these to spray crops in the future. Yes, absolutely. These are the, these are the mid-size level that are currently available in Canada. They've got two, a smaller one coming out that will be in the R-Pass legislation, so much easier to fly in terms of flight restrictions, and a bigger one yet, the 30-liter. So you're, for spot spraying, these are ideal. Just pop out in the field, knock down that one patch of weeds or you know, clean up a pothole, whatever it might be. Deal it in that, in that spot nature. But if you want to get into the volume production, like acres covered, then you will start to swarm these. Mm. So you can fly five of these legally off of one remote controller, one pilot. Again, all by autonomous missions, pre-planned. Your prescription map's already laid out. You already know where it has to go. Basically, it flies the lines, and then it accesses the database and, that you've loaded into it as to what prescription at what rate must be applied to each one of those. Daryl Larson is with Terra XL Drones. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. I am joined by Dr. Kim Stanford. She's at the University of Lethbridge. Dr. Stanford, how are you doing? Not too bad, Sean. Well, we're going to talk about ergot today and some of the work that you were doing at the University of Lethbridge. You know, ergot's something that I'm not sure what the trend is. My, my perception is that we're starting to see more of it uh, across the prairies. Oh, we we were, but then with this, like, it's like any time you start a study, you can cure the problem when you're trying to look for samples. So as soon as we started our ergot project, then it got a bit drier and dry weather, like we have been having, um, there's not so much ergot. I'd say there'd be very little ergot this year. But mm. before we started our study, ergot was uh, gradually increasing, um, getting, you know, going from almost zero 20 years ago to becoming quite, quite alarming, especially here, here in Alberta. Yeah. And, and one of the challenges, of course, is that, you know, for the grain farmer, that ergot can be essentially mechanically removed from from the sample to uh, to be sold to a, a, an elevator, but you know the result of that is <laughs> those screenings or sometimes that that yeah. sample of product ends up you know in being cattle feed or or livestock feed, which creates some challenges for the producer. Yeah, d- definitely, and that's that's where our work is coming in. Um, the Canadian Food Inspection Agency has, like, they set the regulations for how much ergot uh, is uh, is allowed in in various classes of livestock feed, but those are all being all of their mycotoxin um, allow, allow, allowances are being reviewed right now. So we wanted to get in to try to help determine, like, do some like have some science based information to help set what what the allowable limits um, should be for for um, ergot alkaloids in in um, cattle feed and <laughs> it, it's it's not an easy question to answer <laughs> yeah and and 
hogs are more like they're they're more sensitive to ergot than than cows are, correct? That that's right. And chickens are they are they're they're like the ergot superstars. They can handle more ergot than than other than other livestock species. So it is very much species um, related, but the there's all different kinds of it's not just one ergot alkaloid. Like there are a number of these toxic alkaloids that can be present in ergot um, in in varying concentrations. Um, so w- whenever there's there's more than one kind of toxin and these are interacting with each other and yeah, it, it gets to be it gets to be quite difficult to say even if you have an analysis of that feed, um, what, how that's going to affect, going to affect your livestock. So just with, yeah. What what does the, what does the toxin do to the, to the cow? Like what's, what's the process that happens here that creates a problem? Well, it does. That's, that's another one of the, the issues. They, they do quite a few different things. So, it makes it somewhat difficult to even diagnose if you if your cattle have had um, too much ergot. So one of the um, major things is uh, causes vasoconstriction, so reduces the blood flow. Um, but that can do things like just make it make it look like your cattle are a bit lame, like so showing just lameness, or you can have your whole um, ears and um, tail necrosis, where it just it dies and basically falls off and be on your hoof too. So it could look like they've just had their ears frozen or their tail frozen. Um, it can also do things like make make the um, cattle very susceptible to heat stress. It's your agro weather forecast on the source six twenty CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And the Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, mainly sunny sky, wind northwest 40, gusting to 60, the high 21 degrees, the low 7. Friday, clearing in the morning, wind northwest 20, gusting to 40, the high tomorrow 25, the low 11. Saturday, sunny, the high 34, the low 16. Sunday, sunny, the high 35, the low 16. Monday, sunny, the high 33, the low 14. Tuesday, partly cloudy and the high 25, the low 10. Wednesday, partly cloudy, the high 23. Normal high for this date, 25, the normal low is 10. The sun rose at 5.43 this morning. It sets at 8.24 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is Kindersley in west-central Saskatchewan at 23. The cold spot up north Collins Bay at 11. Estevan is 20. Saskatoon, 18. Swift Current, 20. Weyburn, 18. Yorkton is 17. Regina, partly cloudy and 17 degrees. That's 63 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the northwest at 32, gusting to 51. Humidity is 44%, the barometer rising 102.1. Partly cloudy in Moose Jaw, it's 19. Winds are from the west at 33, gusting to 52. 
Once again, Regina, partly cloudy and 17. That's 63 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Get out to an early start on weed control in next year's canola and lentil crop using Group 3 Edge Microactive from Gowan Canada this fall. Edge Microactive, maximize yields today and manage resistance for tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems expect the best. An unprecedented level for oats in eastern Saskatchewan this week as bids hit $5 a bushel. Scott Shields of Grain Millers says Manitoba saw the magic $5 a bushel for oats bid last year, but it's the first time in east-central Saskatchewan. Shields discusses the oat harvest in the Parkland region around Yorkton. Well, so far what we've seen uh, in the earliest samples coming in, the, the, the yields are down, uh, definitely below our average, below our norm around here. Uh, quality is still largely up in the air. The earliest samples have been some of the stuff that probably got hit the worst by the heat uh, through this summer, and so test weights are a little bit low. All of these things are going to continue to to add strength to the market, uh, an already short market. Uh, old crop supplies, uh, most of us have got our old crop all bought up, but uh, you know, lots of buyers are looking to procure more old crop just to bolster the supply of new crop as we get into harvest, knowing or at least strongly feeling like the quality isn't going to be there quite as good as we've seen in the past. Uh, so use some of that old crop to, to boost up the quality at, at new crop time too, and, and that also is adding strength to the market. Uh, you know, we have $5 bids for, for August through December basically, and, uh, and more than that out into the new year. We've never had uh, $5 bids before. So it's, it's a totally uncharted territory for us. Um, and, uh, you know, a great place really for the, for the producers. Um, you know, we're going to have some crop. They're, they're going to be able to, to profit even on a bit smaller crop with these increased prices. Prices are based on a number two CW oat standard. Our specs are based loosely off of the Grain Commission 2CW oats. Because they're a milling oat, it's food quality, there are a little bit different parameters, but some of the stuff we actually can be a little more flexible with than, than the Grain Commission specs, and some we're a little tighter on. Uh, definitely one that you know we really hold hard to is, is moisture. So, you know, for guys, this year may not be a big issue with it being as dry as it is. The crop's probably going to uh, get to a harvestable dry number quite quickly. Uh, you know, we can work with stuff that's a little bit lighter and a little bit thinner, and uh, currently we are actually uh, doing some testing with lighter, thinner stuff to see if there is going to be some flexibility even away from our minimum specs just just to uh, ensure that we're going to have enough oats to uh, keep making oatmeal year-round here. Shields discusses oat kernel production. Our specs are based loosely off of the Grain Commission 2CW oats. Because they're a milling oat, it's food quality. There are a little bit different parameters, but some of the stuff we actually can be a little more flexible with than 
than the Grain Commission specs, and some we're a little tighter on. Uh, definitely one that you know we really hold hard to is is moisture. So you know, seems like it. You know, most of the time in an oak plant, you're going to have uh, two kernels per uh, per panicle, I guess. And and we are hearing quite a bit of just one kernel now. One good kernel is better than two poor kernels, um, just because you might have your test weight better, but you, that's where you're going to notice a significant drop in yield, because obviously if you got one instead of two, uh, you're going to be down somewhere in that half to maybe a little better than half uh, of your yield, just hopefully there's some of them that are producing two. Um, in years past, we've seen, you know, in the wetter years, you actually are ending up with a third kernel, which actually then does take away from the other two. And so it's a real fine balance, I think, where where these uh, where the oat plant can can maximize its production with having two really good growths uh, or two really good kernels uh, per panicle, as opposed to uh, to either one or or three, which cuts in and we end up with small ones. So, um, but yeah, that definitely is something that we're concerned about. Um, yields are, are going to be down. There's no doubt about it. In most areas, there's very few areas that are going to be seeing um, even average yields. And it's not just going to be an oats. This, is, this isn't just a bad year for oats. It's a, it's a bad year for yields across the board. So uh, we are hoping for the best. And, I, and I, we are kind of expecting, I think, a little bit better uh, quality and yields out of the later crops, which is unusual and kind of goes against everything we always we always preach about which is uh, you know get your oats in early um, Indian Head Research Farm has been doing study for I think over the last 20 years uh, trying earlier seeding uh, dates and having really good luck with quality and yields um, the earlier they've been seeding them so for us to now look at it and go you know well this year it looks like it really benefited to uh, to wait um, and see them a little bit later. It's a it's a hard pill to swallow, really. It's it's. Not and that's Scott Shields, the lead grain buyer, grain procurement manager for Grain Millers Canada at Yorkton. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture today on the Source 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Manitoba's latest crop report says harvest completion has reached 5%, ahead of the four-year average of 3% for the state. Manitoba Agriculture Oilseed Specialist Dane Fraze says farmers have been making good progress. We saw most farmers move into cereal crops across much of Manitoba, uh, with the exception of the northwest, where those crops are still in the soft to hard dough stages and, and uh, just about to um, be swathed or, or ready for desiccation in some cases. But right now we're looking at harvest completion about 5% across Manitoba and 5% of the spring wheat in the southwest region has been taken off. Uh, yields are variable across Manitoba. It really depends when you want the thunderstorm or thunder shower lottery and or underneath a lucky cloud. And we're seeing yields anywhere between 15 to about uh, 65 bushel an acre in the southwest. Um, right now, uh, protein levels are still being determined on those early season crops, but if it's any indication from the other parts of Manitoba, we're going to see protein levels rise and generally stay about 15%. 
Manitoba's harvest is a little ahead of schedule. That's right. Yeah, it's just a function of the stressful year that we had. Uh, it was a very dry, open spring, so many farmers got going earlier than they would have normally, which um, has helped make crops earlier. However, we've also been rushed along by lack of rainfall and extreme heat based in Manitoba. Uh, by Manitoba crops much of this summer. And those uh, extreme conditions do tend to hasten the crop towards maturity, producing only a single stem rather than multiple branches or multiple tillers. And as a result, we see stressed crops reaching maturity sooner. Manitoba farmers have been assisting livestock producers by providing some green feed. That's definitely the intention and what we hope uh, many farmers will do. Um, any farms right now that are considering uh, silencing off or selling as green feed some of their lower yielding or poor looking grain intended crops uh, to livestock or cattle producers are awaiting a crop insurance adjustment in many cases to make that final decision or to be able to proceed with uh, salvaging some value as feed for hard hit uh, cattle producers. Phrase says this week's moisture was welcome but won't help much with yield in earlier seeded crops. Unfortunately not. No, uh, rains right now have been beneficial to help aid in maturity. Uh, rains on a ripening canola crop do tend to help it ripen a little more evenly and a little bit more quickly. However, it won't impact yield at this point. Rains will be beneficial for uh, sunflowers, corn, and some soybeans. And those crops still have some yield potential or able to save some yield potential, uh, particularly in soybeans where rains will help with pod fill and later season pod growth. So that part is beneficial. On the earlier crops, um, hasn't made much of a difference, but it will be going directly into the soil since soils are so dry and helping aid a little bit in recharge. Insects like grasshoppers and flea beetles remain a concern in parts of Manitoba. Dane Fraze compiles the weekly crop report for Manitoba agriculture. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Grain prices were moving up in early trading today. Viterra prices for Durham gained $9.19 at 5.52.43. Canola rose 5.20 at 8.60.62. Flax went up $32.81 at 8.09.20. Lentils increased $14.50 at $8.79. Number one red spring wheat gained 68 cents at 3.63.33. The rest were unchanged. Feed barley 3.19.65. Oats 2.98.53. Yellow peas, 453.75. Feed wheat, 261.65. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange this morning, hard red spring wheat for September rose four and a quarter cents at 9.17 and a quarter cent a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on the Source 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Now the latest quotes. Good afternoon. This is the Yorkton Heartland Livestock Mark Report for the week of August 11th. Another big sale here, 1,000 head in the sort, 600 cows and bulls, another 100 feeder cattle on the side, a total of 1,700 for the day. Cows and bulls selling under pressure to a bit lower. D1, D2 cows, 70 to 80, sales to 82, 83, D3 cows, 58 to 68. Cows are averaging 74 cents. Good bulls, a dollar to dollar ten, sales to 114, 115. Bulls are averaging 105.50. On to the pre-sort sale. These yearlings selling strong and active. These balling calves selling uh, steady with last week. 310 pound little steer calves, 305. 400 pound steers, 272. 
500 pound steers 245 550 pound steers 233 650 pound steers 215 my favorite pen 715 pound red block exotic steers you can't make them better than these they topped out at 203 on to the heifer sides 350 pound little heifers 246 425 pound good tan and white heifers 234 475 pound heifers 204 550s at 203 and 650 pound heifers 179 on to the yearling market 750 pound yearling steers 207 850s at 193 on to the heifer side 750 pound yearling heifers 184 850s at 171 and 950 pound heifers at 166 if you got yearlings or cows ready to to go please give us a call Another pre-short next week. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. And the latest pork prices, 237.05 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by the Perry Co-op Grow Team. Fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg. This week's public offering of Crown Petroleum and Natural Gas Rights in Saskatchewan raised $3.1 million. This is the largest revenue raised since December 2019. Of the 63 parcels posted, 58 received acceptable bids. These bids covered over 74,000 acres and the average bonus bid was $42 per acre. The Estevan area continued to lead investment interest, bringing in $2.6 million for 44 parcels, totaling almost 68,000 acres. More than half of the revenue generated by the August public offering were from bids for 25 oil shale leases located in the east-central region of the province near Arborfield. The highest bonus bid was $300,000 for 325 acres and also the highest dollar per acre at $924 per acre. This lease went to Crescent Point Energy and is prospective for oil in the Frobisher beds of the Madison Group. This is the third of six public offerings this fiscal year, with the next offering on October 5th. On the markets, the TSX is down 50 points at 20,503. The Dow has fallen 42 points at 35,442. Oil is unchanged at 69.25 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is down one one-hundredths of a cent at 79.86 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.